Blog Talk Radio. podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Here we go. And here we are. And... It's been a very long time here, and I feel kind of strange on the on the airways right now. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of been a, a long spell for all of us, for one reason or another. So, so other than that being our intro in saying, "Oh, hi there, we're alive," is uh, we how was your week? <laughs> yeah, we are really live. We are really yeah. on the air. Right now, <laughs> kind of. We tricky. are. So, but yeah, we we kind of, and I wasn't sure actually because I know they said we were only going to have. We made national news, by the way, here on in California again. Um, for thank goodness, knock on wood, no fires. But they decided a preemptive strike was important, so they took off a lot of the electricity off of the grid two places for the high winds and. I guess someone back in Florida said, oh, my God, you're on the news. I was talking to them going, well, yeah. And so, of course, we didn't know we were going to be how long they wanted to keep us out. So, yeah. But luckily on your end, I heard you, you for the most part, your area where you live was up the, on the grid, so you were up and running. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a weird week because it's the anniversary of the fires here two years ago, and then there was all this news that we were going to have a high fire weekend, like danger weekend, and then PG&E decided to cut off power to avoid trouble, and it wasn't a high, like, compared to what the weather was like two years ago, this was nothing, and even compared to what the weather was like a month ago, like, we had yeah. crazy winds a month ago, and never did PG&E talk about shutting off our power. It just happened yeah. to coincide with the two-year anniversary of this event, so it's like everyone here is feeling punished. Uh, yeah. It feels really like a bunch of BS. And it's been, I've watched a lot of my friends and loved ones who were evacuated or who lost homes have major trauma from this event, from like the threat of having their power off and not knowing how long it would be off and blah, blah, blah. Like it's been pretty traumatic. Yeah, uh, and yeah. and the other part of it that's pissing me off is being online and seeing all these people who are commenting like, uh, "It's just losing your power for a couple of days. Get over it." But it, that's it's not just that. It's 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 hundred thousand people losing their power. So you know that's a, a substantial chunk of people. But those are you know people who need to keep medica- medication refrigerated. Those are people who need to have electricity in order to process oxygen or breathing apparatuses or a hundred other things that people Mm -hmm. can now have at home to keep them alive. It's people who run small businesses that can't function at their business. It's employees whose businesses are closed 
because yeah. there's no power and they have no other option. They're not getting paid to not go to work. Like this is an impact of not just not having power, not getting to watch Netflix. It's also an economical cost and a health cost and a mental health cost. So it's been, for me, it's been pretty, like I have not been impacted in any way, shape or form. But I've been, like, personally, but I've been impacted by watching the people I care about be seriously impacted and having my own triggers come up around the fires two years ago, which was greatly traumatic for me. So it's been a weird freaking week. (laughs) I'm just trying to keep my work settled and trying to keep my emails answered and trying to stay on top of life or on top of life, which has been yeah I know yeah. I know well I was impacted by the lack of electricity which in yeah. its own right no I don't have medications that need to be refrigerated and no I don't have medical uh, of, uh, issues knock on wood that um, required different things for you know like CPAPs or oxygen mm-hmm. machines or things like that but it also did exactly that. It wasn't a major trigger, you know, like, oh, my God, you know, I was starting to, you know, freak out. But for that one part of me, it was very weird because the day that they said they're going to turn it off, it's like they're telling us, yeah, maybe. They're not giving us a definite. They're kind of keeping us in limbo. And then finally, I think by Tuesday, they said, yep, it's going to happen. I realized thinking back how I had already started preparing in my mind, how to deal with it. Of course, you know, making sure I had little extra chargers for my electronic mm-hmm. stuff. If I had to run, you know, for running them. And um, But I had to go out and, and go to a hardware store. Luckily, where I worked at Lucky Mojo in Forestville, they have one. And I decided I'd go there rather than try to wait to come closer home to get it. And that was a very yeah. wise decision. Because then I got, <laughs> I got you know, great little... LED lanterns that I could put in my bathrooms because, of course, you know, when it's black, it's black. And, you know, you've got either a little right. flashlight or try to put makeup on. I had I finally figured out how to do makeup with my lanterns. It was really exciting. I got creative and <laughs> all that. When I'm, and I'm saying this only because at the point of where I was, it was the only way for me to stay centered was as if this were a – you know, a, a spiritual challenge for me to find this balance in all of that. And I got extra, you know, the only thing you can never be assured of, and this is, I think, the thing that bothered me the most, was your food. And, you know, like mm-hmm. the freezer in your refrigerator, making sure you have enough ice. Well, I had a bunch of ice packs, and I packed all my, you know, stuff in around the ice the uh, frozen foods that I had. But the refrigerator, there was only so much you could do. So I, I spent a lot of time eating as much as I could of the stuff that was perishable in that way so that I could make sure that, A, I was sustained, but also I didn't have to throw away a lot of stuff. But, it you know, at the end it was kind of like, okay, so we're going to go out to eat. Where is a place that we know of? And that was the other thing, you know, just like you said, how much was impacted in terms of right. businesses. And I frequent a lot of, if I go out to places, I tend to go to small restaurants, locally owned small Mm -hmm. restaurants. And a lot of them were closed because of this. But all that being said, the only thing that really got to me, and this will tell you it dates me, um, I realized I had a quarter of a tank of gas. So I thought, I'm going to get gas. I will get gas because normally I get gas. On Thursday, I go to Costco, blah, blah. I have no idea if Costco is going to be shut off because they're not being specific about the areas they're right. telling you they're going to shut off. So my mind was, yep. okay, so I better get gas. Well, that was the most challenging experience I have had since 1970s when we had gas rationing. And I was sitting there going, well, I know I'm not odd or even time because that's how they determined, you know, whether you got what day you got is your license plate was an odd or even. But... um it was just lines and people being crazy, you know, like shooting in front of people. And, you know, it's, it was just, it was, that was the the beginning of the mindset. So the rest of it was driving and it was, you know, people, I want to know 
how many people actually know how to get when you get to an intersection with a bunch of cars coming there, how you determine it. Because I watch people just take off through the thing and another car come in. And there were more collisions um, right. that I drove by. Yeah, I'm like, oh. so that being said, it was challenging, but I didn't feel frightened or upset, even though there were, you yeah. know, the possibility of like it says, make sure you have a to-go bag. And, you know, we didn't get rationing of water like Marin did. Um, right. But, you know, the gas, and I have a gas stove and a gas water heater, so they didn't turn off our gas so I could, the one thing I found fascinating is I have a roommate, and <laughs> I'm sitting there with my, you know, the, the, um, coffee presses because I'd had them I had one for a long time I used extensively so there I was with the coffee press and the water ready to heat and the little light match because of course they're electric um, starters so you have to be you know you have to get kind of like like the the match and then get your gas going and all it was very interesting because I I thought I actually did all this so even though um, it was inconvenient we still yeah. had things that we still had. I mean, it wasn't like the fires where we had the gas turned off and the electricity was turned off and the water was, you know, at the time it was still okay, but there was a question of whether it was good because of all the other stuff, you know. So there was, um, it was different in one way, mm-hmm. but still very upsetting. And personally, as I tend to agree with a lot of people, um, this was, it was done in a very mean-spirited way and I think that kind of thing and I also think that they finally realized now they say well Los Angeles does rolling power outages and San Diego does well you know LA and San Diego the way they function in growth is in blocks of places very much why that's what Ronart Park is. They were sectioned and they were put in blocks Mm -hmm. they were you know they were done in neighborhoods and all that here we had a little person had their, their certain number of acres they sold. They put certain houses on in this section and over here in this one. And they kept hooking the electrical up to all these cross-references. So in the same neighborhood, you have them going to three different substations because of the way it was developed. It was not right. done with, a, with that kind of structured consciousness that mm-hmm. is why it's easier to turn things off in those other cities because of that, and even as right. I said in Ronart Park, so yeah, it'll be interesting fa- to see how it just yeah. changes or continues to be a reality in the future. You, you know, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. So that was our week um, up to this point, and and of course now we have our show. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, our show, which is Ask a Witch this week, and I think yeah. we got a lot, 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 lot of questions. Um, we had some that kind of overlap uh, yes. subject matter. So you want to take it yes, away on sort of moving that? Sure. So, yes, this is our ever-popular Ask a Witch segment, So, and we did not alert everyone that this was coming so surprise it's a surprise ask a witch segment um and we do these regularly so if you want to have your question read and answered on a future episode just go to our website which is witchpriestesscauldron.com and uh you can submit your question there so we do have quite a few questions tonight we'll see what we get through and as Elvira mentioned, there are several questions that have crossover. So we're going to try and address those questions together because, right. you know, that makes sense and it saves time and we won't be repeating ourselves. You know, all the good things. So, yeah. <laughs> True. That's okay. that. Right. Um, so. And once again, just because I can't help myself, if you are submitting questions and you know in your heart of hearts that you're just being a douchebag and you're asking a question to be a jerk, that's fine. We might still even answer that question uh, because I have a good sense of humor, but we're really looking for people who are actually looking for 
help or advice or have a curiosity about witchcraft or paganism. Um, and we are not looking to answer your questions on how to become a vampire or a werewolf because that's not what we do. So moving <laughs> on. <laughs> well, there is one thing that I'm going to put out there that it, and my co-hostess does not know this. This just kind of mm. came to me as I was preparing is that at some point next year, we probably will do something where it will be a fantasy-based radio show that would be answering these, but it would be definitely fantasy-based. It could even be, yeah. I'm not telling you that it will be, it could be on April Fool's. Uh. <laughs> so, that's just a header for the, you know, for the next year coming up that we may actually, you know, touch and work with those particular questions in a in a way that who knows how we would wind up talking about them. But yeah, that could be fun and entertaining. Yes, it can. It can. So, um, I guess we can start with the first question. Um, and I apologize. I have no way to uh, – how do you say their, that person's name, dear? I'll give you a shot at it. Oh, the first one? The one, I need money. Uh, Ayolade. That's my guess. Ayolade. There you go. Okay. So um, that is the question this person is asking is, I need money. How can I get it? Yes. Well, would you like to start with, you know, your pissy way of yeah, talking Sure. About <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... My first response is, get a job. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. See, my gut told me that was what it was. See, there you go. Okay, so with that being said. Go get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Based on the fact that the person actually does have a job or needs a job or of that nature, yes. we will go from that perspective as opposed to myriad of things that come up into one's mind. Yeah. How would we go yeah. about doing something like that? How could we work with Well, I person? do have a second snarky answer, which is I wrote a book on this subject. It's called Cashbox Conjure. Feel free to get yourself a copy. Email us another email. You specifically who asked this question, Ayolade, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name, but you email the show again, and I will send you a free copy of that book. So ah. there are some resources for you. But the whole thing about money is it is an energy, just like anything else. And if you think about it, if you think about money, what value, especially in the United States, where our, our money is not backed by anything but belief, the, and, and we so rare, like more and more people are not using cash money. We're using these magic cards that you put into a machine and it deducts the, the, the symbols from an Internet program. Like money is no longer even a tangible thing. It's not based off of anything. It used to be backed by gold. That's not true anymore. It's backed by belief. So if it can, if it's backed by belief, right, then the more you have faith in it, the more you have a good relationship with that energy, the better it's going to be. And I get that that's easy to say. It's much harder to do. But coming into right relationship with the energetic of money is the right it's is the best first step and it is about reciprocation so when you get something you have to give a little bit and that is hard too especially because i'm you know i i'm okay right now financially knock on wood but i haven't always been and there's been times where i've had to beg borrow and steal just to get my monthly expenses covered there was a time where all i could pay was rent and I could not pay anything else. I couldn't pay gas or food or electricity. And it was through a lot of creative process that I was able to even survive. So I get that when you're in survival mode, if you get an extra 20 bucks, it's really hard to give two of those dollars away. But the more you do that and the more you have faith and trust in the power of reciprocation, the more you give and expand your your willingness to share, the more comes back to you. And it is a leap of faith. It requires a real leap of faith. So, and I get that that's hard. Um, so, you know, those are the first two steps. 
change your relationship and work on reciprocation. And then there's all other kinds of magical things you can do. I'm a big fan of carrying something with you that kind of works as a magnet um, or training your money to work as a magnet. So every time you spend money, it's, it's a spell that you're putting out into the world. So more money comes back to you. Um, and there's more, but I, I will shut up for a second and let Elvira talk. I oh, I love this. For probably just, you got to realize I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I mean, it's all good. What you said I really, really resonate with and agree um, in, in total agreement here. And, I mean, we have different things you can do carrying something, meaning in pagan traditions it's, spell bags. In hoodoo traditions, it's mojo or grigri bags. And, you know, these are, these are things that you put certain items that are charged through um, the magical working of air, fire, water, earth, um, which basically, you know, you go back to some of our past uh, shows, you can get an idea on how that works. But ultimately, um, a stone, an herb, an actual coin, a Sacagawea coin, um, you know, any of that kind of money. A uh, $2 bill is very traditional in um, the hoodoo tradition. And uh, yeah. utilizing them, putting them in um, this bag and, and blessing it and carrying it, uh, putting it in your purse, you know, putting it in your pocket. Uh, these are things that make it tangible, and I think that that's part of, you know, the, the third part of something is to make it tangible, make it physical, and make it real over and above burning a candle that is specific. I mean, we've got tons of the, the things we, we talk about to our clients, and you know, green candles or gold candles. You know, these are candles that represent money in our culture, in our, in our United States, is green and gold. Um, and uh, doing it in such a way on a Sunday or a Thursday, you know, Thursday being more of the the Jupiterian or energy expanding and Sunday success. So putting these things into a form would be, you know, something that we could uh, give you a small snippet of. But as we've talked about a lot, it's there are certain things you can do. And with that, you know, look at the different um, things that you have. I mean, obviously, um, I'm just rattling off things, you know, that, that work for, for money is you have either, you know, I love using almonds. You know, I think that to me it's, it's a nut, which, of course, means you're just nuttier than get out. But, um, yeah. you know, a nut is a seed, is a beginning of something, and, and you use yeah. that. And there are, there are other herbs um, that can be utilized for that. Um, Pyrite is an excellent thing that we all love. It's, it's fool's gold, yes, but it's gold and right. stone, you know, or a, a lodestone. It's just a magnetized stone or a magnet, and putting it with the coins. Jump in, darling. I just started yeah. rattling off stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I am in agreement with all of those things. And the thing I find fascinating about fool's, you know, fool's gold is is it um, is found in the same places that gold is found. So, it, you know, they, there is a reason that they grow together and why we gave one value and not the other is history at this point. Um, so, you know, I think all of those things are good. I think that's an excellent jumping off point. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I tend to, you know, just – and, of course, there's always wonderful um, oils that are mute, made and infused. I know that um, – you have some, and you have um, bought them also. There are some that are supplied by um, Lucky Mojo Curie Company as much as you have at Milk and Honey. And so I know there are local stores that would be available in whatever city, hopefully reasonably close to people, depending on where you're living, but um, that you can also anoint the, the uh, you know, I tend to do that with my checks if, of course, that's assuming you write checks still, um, 
but I always do it with my with my bills, you know, just the idea of if I get it. And again, people are going electronic, so you get, you know, you pay your stuff online, you get your notifications online. And I tend to just I don't put it on my screen because <laughs> that makes it oily. But you know, the general thing is over the area, you know, not right. you know put it on your finger and over dust over the area. So bringing that energy in, bringing that dynamic in, and um, prayer. You know, prayer to um, the pantheon deity that you work with and, you know, to saints and to archangels. There is a a plethora of those energy patterns of deities and and, uh, spirits that you can um, ask to help. And that's usually what it's just like asking, like you do, hi, I need some help. And you're right, giving back. Um, if you can't give back in money, you give back in mm-hmm. service. So it's in right. Yeah. So, so I hope. Do you have anything else you would like to add to that? No, I think that's lots of goodness right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to give you the chance to just. I think that we, as we discussed at the very beginning here, is that we have a few. Um, questions that all function in the same vein. They may be mm-hmm. specific, but I think that it would be a good idea that um, we do this and then we can break for our commercial. But we do have three people yeah. who have asked similar questions about um, a particular subject. So I'm going to yeah. hand the beginning off to you, and then I will jump in as I see that will be a good place to do that. Great. So we have a question from Diana, who, and it's a longer description, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, and I'm not going to name the names in her message either, but um, there's someone in her life that she believes has a background of psychic ability and witchcraft, and she believes that this person is working against her. Um, She's had some help from her own guides and allies helping her, but she feels like she needs more help to get this person to stop working against her. Uh, Then we got a question from Will who says, how do I find out if someone is using magic against me? And we got a question from Raymond who said, I think a female did witchcraft on me. Can someone speak about this? Or can I speak to someone about this? Um, So these are all three similar situations where someone believes or is concerned that someone has used magic or done spell work against them. Um, you want me to start? Yeah, go for it. I think that would be, you okay. know, and then I will kind of jump back in. Yeah. So the first thing I would say to all of these people is I highly recommend getting a reading from someone who reads on this type of question um, to find out if someone is working against you. Because sometimes uh, the reality of someone working against you is a lot smaller than the imaginings of someone working against you. And I would say probably 90%, maybe even higher, of my clients who come to me thinking someone is working against them, that's not the case. But once you start believing that someone has done magic against you, you almost start causing it yourself. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And the more you feed that belief and the more fear you give to it, the more it's going to impact you. So it's a really good idea to get a reading from again from someone who is a professional and can uh, and knows how to read on this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes just finding out no, that's not what's going on. Like this is a- astrologically related, or this is just a rough patch you're in, or you just need to do a cleansing because you've been holding this belief for too long. Like that can shift a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't mm-hmm. feed a fear if it's not worth feeding. You know, right? Um, so that's that. Would, that that's step one for me. But would, would you add anything to that? Well, no. I think that that. Well, I believe what you've just said is appropriate. Definitely a reading to get a perspective from someone other than yourself. I know that, you know, a lot of times, and and this is something I I tell my clients several times uh, if they're you know along with whatever I come up with is that. You know, words are curses. Words are our negativity. It isn't somebody just, you know, going in and doing a, a ball, 
a cauldron and throwing a bunch of stuff in and calling on all these deities and things is that you you cut somebody off they go you know curse you uh, you know f you and 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 they're they're thinking that that's that's throwing negative energy at you and you you get splattered it isn't necessarily that you are going out of your way to be mean or nasty so cleansing is important um based just on that i think and that helps yeah. clear out a lot of the the, the gunk and gook that we get during the time that we're just walking around doing our thing, and people are you know they you know people are jealous, people are envious, thoughts and things created in that way. So it helps with that. So I agree. Yeah. And you know, then there are spells. There are ways to you know work with that. And right. I guess at this point you could maybe I don't know, I'm handing it back to you now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I the one thing I would say is, you know, cleansing is always in order if you're concerned that you've had someone work against you and then setting up doing protection spell work to prevent anything else from getting in. You know, those are kind of like the generic blanket statements that I would offer, you know, cuz every situation is unique, so you want to have a little bit more specifics for your situation. But with when it does come to a specific person and you can pinpoint and say, yes, this person is working against me, my favorite thing is a mirror box, uh, which is where you create a little doll or a poppet uh, or a doll baby in some traditions, and you name it for the person that you believe has been cursing you or working against you. And you put that puppet, and that is a long process that I'm not going to go into, but I believe we've talked about this on other shows where we talked about Uh spell work or protection magic. Um, But you put that person in a mirror box, a box made of mirrors that all face inward. Uh, And then I like to tie the box up. I like to wrap it in knotweed. Uh, I add all kinds of things to the inside of the box before I tie it up and wrap it in knotweed. Uh, And then I bury it in the graveyard. And traditionally, you bury it in the graveyard at a grave of of, um, a military or police officer so that you're giving it to someone who knows it's their job to stop a a potentially harmful person, right? Um, The the reason I really like mirror boxes as a tool for, for protection work and to stop cursing work because the purpose of a mirror box is whatever this person puts out is going to be reflected right back to them. It's going to just bounce off that mirror and hit them. So if they are doing cursing work on you or anyone else, it's just going to be sent right back to them. If they're doing positive work, if they're doing healing work, if they're trying to help people, that is also going to come right back and be bounced onto them. So if if you're wrong in your assumption that they're cursing you, you're not actually hurting them. Um, so I'm a big fan of mirror boxes. I think that they're a great way to shift energy and get things a little bit better. Right. I agree. I agree. I And as we've said before, I mean, doing cursing and jinxing and, you know, death and doom and destruction and all of that tends to be uh, harsh. And yeah. I mean, it's it's the concept of war, and yes, I understand there are times when things can be accelerated to that, but most of everything can be moved, just like negotiations with regards to countries and circumstances. Is we negotiate, you know, instead right. of just taking um, something and you know arbitrarily destroying them. You kind of just you negotiate, and I I really am a fan of mirror boxes. I have a a smaller version of using two mirrors, and you know, in a smaller way, doing the same thing. But you know, it's mostly because I the people I deal with, I want them to do their work, and it's more empowering when you feel that you're doing something in light of what's happening to you than you know um, anything else, and then whatever work I do with them is to augment their self-empowerment. Now, I tend to tell them, and and this is where I don't disagree with using 
uh, a grave of a policeman or a soldier, but I tend to work more with the spirits of place. And if you have the guardians mm-hmm. of the cemetery, I tend people to use that to keep these people away from the person doing, you know, that they're at, they're actually doing like, you know, you're doing it. I'm asking you, you know, here, put this in and say, you know, guardians of the cemetery, protect me from the this person and keep them away from me. For that reason, mostly because unless I have people that in spirit time I've talked with, I don't arbitrarily just dump it on somebody's um, ancestor. <laughs> for mm-hmm. that yeah. You know. But um, so I think looking at, you know, this, and there are, there are herbs, there are stones, there are candles, there's incense, all these things that, you you know, in working with, that kind of a spell that you can put together and use. So um, I think it's uh, really good in carrying, you know, like a piece of obsidian or, you know, something that deflects and protects you is important, just like, you know, when you think about it, we wear clothes to protect us against, you know, too much sun or, you know, too much cold or something or put shoes on us so we can walk out and not get you know, rocks on our, you know, under our feet. The same thing is true is you use something to protect yourself from further um, negative uh, in energy patterns coming towards you. Right. So, yeah. So that kind of, you know, in terms of that. So I, I don't know. I mean, as far as the, the particular ones, I think um, Will would be someone, you know, how do I find out if someone is using magic against me? I think we actually answered that by saying specifically get a reading uh, in terms of that because that will help you pinpoint an idea of where it's coming from and and narrow it down from all things. Right. So, um, you know, same thing with Raymond. You know, I think a female did witchcraft on me. Can I speak to someone about this? That, again, would be more get a reading as a diagnostic tool, and then, you know, from there, these other things can come into play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think we should take a a, uh, commercial break here. That is correct. So we'll take a quick (laughs) break, and then we'll be back to answer more of your questions. Yay! Here we are, back again. Yep, that's it. That's it. So um, I'm going to lead off with this one from Maria. Um, All right. She asked her question, hi, I was wondering if there was any spell that could tell me if my current partner is the father of my unborn baby and if there was anything to increase those chances. Um, Okay. Um, Magic is good for a lot of things. Spell work is good for a lot of stuff, but um, changing a biological, physiological situation in that manner is, I think, out of its league, out of the area okay. of, I, mean, I believe, finding out if the current partner is the baby's father is basically a certain time in the pregnancy. You can do a DNA testing, and mm-hmm. that would be medical way to determine it 
Uh, spiritually, you can do penduluming and, you know, utilize the yes-no process. Um, at this point, I would tend to, you know, in our medical fields, I am much more homeopathic, but when it comes to things like parenting of a child, the parent of a child, um, rather than arbitrarily just going through a spiritual thing, I would always back it up in the in the medical field. Um, changing it to be that is, I believe, something that would be way out of magic's uh, bounds to change it so that this child be the the child of this partner, personally. Yeah. Yep. So do you have anything to say about about that one? No, I exactly what you said. You, you know, you might be able to do a reading, but that's you just you need medical help, and you cannot change the baby's father. Sorry, no, no not possible. Best of and, luck. Yes, really, really. Now, on the same vein, I think we need to address Ryan. Um, you know, he's he's got a question which. <laughs> I know there are many times I'd like to do this with people. Trust me, mm-hmm. um, in my life, it would. Uh, the question is: Would it be possible to put someone in a world all alone, like mentally or physically? Right. Uh, what are so your thoughts me, on is, that? This is someone who's watched Vampire Diaries and uh, is thinking about the Gemini twins. Who? What? The Gemini twins are destined to have to fight each other and then one when they reach age and one of them will have to surpass the other one and kill them and then take their power. So this one Gemini witch gets put because he's so evil, he gets put into an alternate reality and is basically trapped and forced to live there. So when I when I read this question, what I am imagining is someone wants to, you know, create an alternate reality to hide a witch in like the Gemini witches of vampire diaries. Um, no. Can you create an astral place where you can take someone or meet someone on the astral realms? Sure. Can you lead someone on a trance where they might leave their body and go to another realm? Absolutely. But you can't trap someone there or leave someone there um, alone, um, not, uh, not mentally or physically. And the reason behind that is because our bodies will always trump our spirits. Uh, so you will come back to your body always. Uh, and yeah. you don't, it would take an immense amount of power, more than I have ever witnessed a human to possess, to force someone else out of their body without their willingness. That's what I would say. Yeah. Well, and I agree with, with that, I mean, there are parts of ourselves that jump out of our bodies when things happen, whatever they are, and um, that is a work that shamans help bring people back into alignment, um, magical uh, workings of that nature. It's unfortunately, there's a lot of potential in many ways, but I honestly feel that when I say this, it's not because I am a goody two-shoes. It's just I feel, as you say, the body trumps all of this. And, you you know, there are parts of ourselves that will come back even if not everything comes back. So, um, right. you know, that kind of thing. And, the, and, you know, people that are in comas, you know, they're, they're still there. I know that, you know, literally when my husband was passing away, the hospice nurse who was with me said, "Talk to him. Have him, you know, put people on the phone and have them talk to him while this is, you know, because if if they were out of state, like his sister, um, because the spirit is still there. They're still in, you know, in and out. So um, I believe that, but I also believe that you know the body has a strong grounding sense to keep its yeah. animation alive." Mm-hmm. So, okay, so what would you I've I've kind of jumped into two Do you have any more that you want to You know, we have a, a little bit more time We can jump around here 
Uh, let me see. Well, you were excited about Nalena's question. Maybe we should do that one. Oh, okay. So she writes, hello, I have a dream question. I was in the middle of a circle of 1,200 people. There was a fire, a pot, and a spoon in front of me. I had a heart-shaped root. One of them said, put the root of life in the pot. I did. Then all 12 of them said, the 13th, the 13 in one. I repeated it, stirring and drank from the spoon. What does this mean? Thank you. This is a cool fucking dream. Mhm. Mhm. Definitely. Definitely. You want to jump um, in? Sure. I'll I'll throw I'll throw the the gauntlet in. Um, yeah. You know when you when you see the the twelve and the thirteenth being the person that is the um, the one that is the center of the dream. It's an initiation dream, in my opinion, uh, one that mm-hmm. is bringing you on the spirit plane into alignment with some part of your spiritual being and your work, what you are, you know, what's going to happen in your life. Um, and obviously the 13 in one, you know, to, to truly become integrated with all parts and to be one, and obviously we have, you know, for doing astrology, you've got the 12 houses and the, the center of the, the whole process is spirit. So to be one with spirit is how I view that combination of words. And um, the root, the heart-shaped root is almost, you know, and again, I am, I am not the herbalist side of the world, so I don't have that knowledge of what root actually of a plant in our world has a heart shape or tend to be heart shaped, but it would tend to mean the root, the groundedness, the root of your heart becomes part of the magic of what you're doing. And I would kind of go with that. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I like it. I'm into this. I'm not a good dream interpreter. I will say that up front. It's not my gift. Uh, and one of the things I was taught about dream interpretation is to look at the symbology and what does it mean to you? So there's a lot of symbology here. There's a fire, there's a pot, there's a spoon, there's this root, there's a very specific number of cloaked people. Like all of these things are representative of something. I think it's also very telling that this person not only did all of the things as instructions, but they drank. So I feel like that, like there's big symbology here and one of the things you can do is to trance back into your dream. Um, and so it's kind of like watching a movie. You can go back into it. And sometimes if, if you're skilled at this, you can ask questions of the people in the dream or you can ask for more information or you can see what happens next after you may have woken up. So that might be an interesting thing to explore with this. Um, the heart-shaped root made me think of blood root, and I don't know why. I don't know if blood root is heart-shaped. I don't think that it is. But that was my hit when I read heart-shaped root. I read blood root. Um, so you might want to look into that. You might want to start researching um, about the specific herbs that or plants that may grow in that in that way, whose roots may grow in that way, or whose roots are very stringy and so could easily um, be formed into a heart and I know what blood root does it is kind of stringy like I could see blood root um, being heart shaped just by coincidence but there that does feel like the important part of it that feel to me that feels like the the, the, the crux of this dream what that root represents and I, then I have some questions for you you know are you are you interested in exploring witchcraft? Are, are you already exploring witchcraft? Are you involved with a group or a tradition or a lineage? Um, if yes, then I would say you're probably on the right track. If no, I would say it might be time to start seeking that out um, uh-huh. and, st- and, and see who in your life or who you can find to connect with that may already be having a practice that you can be folded into or learn from or start absorbing. Sounds like you know, if, if you are if you have not already had an awakening to magic, that this is the potential of an awakening. It's a exactly. pretty cool dream. Yeah, really, really, very cool and very telling about you know the mm-hmm. the movement of the energy. So 
Very good. Thank you very much for a really wonderful dream to to work around and talk about. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so um, I'm just, you know, there are a couple of here that I know, you know, would be something we could, you know, throw cards on. Um, I mean, will there, Corinne, Corinne, is will there ever be a chance that my boyfriend Bobby will move in with me? We want to, do you mm-hmm. want to throw some cards, or do you feel we can? We need to let that ride. Yeah, let's uh, let's pull a couple of cards. Yeah, I kind of maybe it's so Corinne, Corinne, yeah, Corinne. Okay. Corinne and Bobby. Corinne and Bobby. Okay. Well, well, I I, have, so I pulled three cards. I have okay. a um. I, it doesn't look good, and then it looks better. So I have the Two of Pentacles, which suggests that, you know, there's a lot of juggling and decision-making that goes into moving in together. There's financial things that need to be looked at. That seems to be pretty big here, the financial part of it. Um, but also, there, it's, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of stability in this relationship, just based off of this. And then I have the Five of Swords, which is no bueno. This is not what we want. And I would say that you're likely to have a big fight about this subject or a blow up um, if you haven't already. Uh, and that this is likely to be a major um, point of contention in this relationship. So, you know, a, a bit of a warning. However, I end with the Ten of Pentacles, which is longevity and long term relationship and comfort and all those good things. So I think, yes, there's a chance but I don't think it's going to come smoothly or easily or on a timeline that might make you happy. So just watch how much pressure you might be putting on this person and give them the time and the space they need to make their best decision. Well, what do you got? Well, I'm, we're right in sync. I've got the um, three of pentacles, the six of pentacles, and the king of wands. So I kind of feel there's a need for really looking at the money situation. There may be mm-hmm. more going on about the flow of money, and, you know, somebody might even be still in school for this particular situation to be a little bit tighter in terms of that. The king of wands, of course, is... You know, he's affable and, and I guess got a, a sense of, you know, enthusiasm. But ultimately, uh, as you say, it's not right now. I don't. I didn't see any particular argument, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's just my cards are saying that the choices of the Seven of Cups and the Eight of Cups is the choices of the future, not right now. And mm-hmm. the question is when I suspect, at least from what I'm looking at, that you'll probably have to wait um, a several months at least in linear time uh, before this is something that could be uh, legitimately put into practice. And I think it's money, really. Yeah, so. yeah. And the Ten of Pentacles also represents money. So I agree. I think that there is... There is some some big money stuff going on in this situation. Right, right. So, but it doesn't, you know. Again, neither one of us are getting that it's it's completely wrong or completely un- impossible. But the and the question when will they is a little bit difficult. First of all, you know, there's so many uh, potentials here, just like we're talking about money. So I have a feeling the when is, you know. A few months down the road, not immediate. So, yeah, that would be how I. Yeah. So, and anything else? Should we try to hit one more? Sure. Which one you want to go with? I think I would like to go with Jessica's question. Uh, She says, "I'm new to the witchcraft, and I don't know where to begin. I've never done a spell, and I don't know how to protect myself when doing spells. Hope you can help me." Guess what, Jessica? We can. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one. Holy moly. Got. Yes. Um, first nope. of all, I would say if you're new to the witchcraft and you want to, you haven't even done a spell yet, uh, then you have nothing to protect yourself from. Uh, mm-hmm. Just start reading. Read everything you can. Read books about 
traditions, read books about spells, read books about different ways of doing things, read books written by Starhawk and Scott Cunningham and old, old books and go online and, and find out what you can, taking it all with a grain of salt because exactly. it was all made up at one point or another and it may not work for you. Um, and learn about casting circles from all of those places and that will help you be protected when you cast spells. Exactly, exactly. And that is one of the things that we do have several podcasts on um, casting circles and uh, different, uh, some traditions that we've talked about, but definitely about protection and even protection spell work. But at this point, if you haven't done any spell work, it's not about protecting yourself in specific um, or doing any of the things that beginners start to do once they've started putting their hands. It's just like, you know, I'm going to make a pot, so I'm getting the clay and I get all these things together. Now I'm doing it. I'm putting it down and I'm getting my hands dirty and everything. And then you have to realize you do need to clean up and you need to, you know, have the right tools available and things of that nature. So um, I see a lot of potential for you to just start learning and um, then when you start in, then you do your your protection work. You you know you draw your circle. You call on the the elements. You call you you engage in an area of safety by creating it, just mm-hmm. like we do when we come you know we we come into a place. We we check out the windows and the doors and the closets and things. Make sure everything is in you know like nobody's hiding anywhere. And then we you know we set up shop. We we will lock our doors and you know, close the curtains and, you know, kind of make sure things are, are prepared for us to have a, a time in our home, our place, to do something of private. So the same thing is with circle work. So, um, yeah, but it is, a, it is a really pleasant way to, to, to come to a close on our, on our, um, our time here, which, of course, is always so short when we get started. <laughs> We find we've come to the end. Anything else you would like to say? I don't know. I've kind of, I mean, I know we have a few unanswered questions, but I think some of them are a little bit more involved, and it would be a little difficult yeah. to just hit them at the a three-second mark kind of a thing. Absolutely, yeah. So if you didn't hear your question get answered, or if now you're like, oh, I have other questions, feel free to uh, email us again. Go to our website at witchpriestesscauldron.com, and we will do our best to get you and your question answered on a future episode. Because we do this Ask the Witch segment pretty often. Yes, we do. We definitely do. And yeah. next week we will actually be doing a oh my gosh a rerun because we're going to have a book signing party we get to all attend your book signing yeah that's right my book's officially out what is remembered lives through the island publications and it's great (laughs) (laughs) well i would hope you would say that darling because if you didn't we would be in trouble (laughs) yeah so, and I already bought my copy, and I'm going to have her sign it, and it's going to be so important, and I'm going to just, you know, I flash it around at people. See, I know this person, personally. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. So, and then we've got a lot of different subjects we'll be going into, and, of course, we've got the holidays coming up and all kinds of stuff that will be happening. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, keep tuning in, and we'll keep doing fun stuff. Yeah, I think so. And and we, as long as we have electricity, because, unfortunately, <laughs> there are certain parameters. Yeah, that's parameters. true. You know, I, I, I really didn't know. I was waiting, I, and that's why I, I actually, you know, kind of texted you this morning, and I waited until I knew whether we were going to have electricity to actually do it, because, you know, I could do it if mine wasn't on. I could possibly right. do it you know, on my cell phone from a place that has, you know, Wi-Fi stuff that's more private, but yeah. <laughs> it's be all hard about technology. About it. Isn't it? It's true. It? It's kind of a sad, both sad and exciting. I know that I was telling somebody about that. It's it's kind of yeah. 
difficult. But anyway, with that, um, it is a time for our clothes and at Skin Parker's Dinner and all that. So I'm going to... Well, thank you for listening. That's true, and we will definitely be back on another day with more info and more fun and games. Yes. Have a good weekend. You too. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Leon Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.